I'm Eli Smith, and I don't cry at movies, but I want to. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I cry at movies all the time. It is now my job to make Eli cry at movies. From best pictures... And purely nostalgia. This is... Live and let cry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Live and Let Cry, a monthly podcast maxi-series to find a movie to make Eli Smith cry. I'm Cody Lunsford. Today on the show, we'll be discussing a movie about divorce and French toast. But before that, let's say hello to Mr. Dry Eyes, Eli Smith. Hey, Eli. How are you? Cody, I'm, I'm crying in 2021. I'm calling my shot now. Uh-huh. 2021 is the year that I cry. Okay, that's your New Year's resolution? No, I have other <laughs> resolutions. And it's also, uh, it's like not New Year's anymore. It's like late January now. So it's not my resolution. It's just a declaration that I'm making. I kind of believe you can make New Year's resolutions until January is over. Because that's I've fine. decided that I'm going to use the library more in 2021. 20, but I did not decide that until I thought this weekend, hey, I should go to the library. So I've tacked that onto mine. Um Let's let's introduce our guests and talk about our New Year's resolutions. Do son. we have to? I don't know. Maybe we'll just make him sit and watch us talk about his movie. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Uh, no, we'll introduce him. Welcome to the pod, a uh, co-host of Best Pictures, um, a Papa Mama pod of this show, uh, along with Purely Nostalgia. I don't know how we delineate That's it. That's me. Uh, but welcome to the podcast, Chad Oliver. Hey, Thank Chad. you. Um, quick question at the top. Am I allowed to say f- <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, or... Don't uh, even d- say that one. Okay. <laughs> um, no, you are That's not fine. allowed to. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I okay. like dolphins, so... <laughs> cool. You just made more work for Eli to do. You're never going to be asked back on this podcast. Well, from what I hear... Uh, Eli's crying any day now, so this podcast is uh, right. on borrowed time. Uh, well, that maybe is I true. Did. Maybe I did. <laughs> maybe you did. did. Maybe you already did. We have maybe you already did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Chad, do you have any New Year's resolutions that aren't your movie resolutions? Because we talked about oh, okay. that on Best Pictures. We yeah. have our pop culture resolutions. Mm-hmm. Mine is I'm going to try and watch a few less trailers um, broadly. I'm, I'm going to try and only watch one trailer per item you are going to watch more foreign cinema but what's like a what's like a different resolution i guess it would be good for me to probably try to be online less this year like less doom scrolling and less uh i mean 2020 was a year where every single day i would like check in and see how many people died today uh and just Allowing myself to fe- not feel like I have to read every bad thing all the time is, would probably be a good, good little resolution for me. You and I get in arguments is not the right word. Passionate yeah. discussions about this sometimes with social yeah. media stuff because I just yell at you and say, "But Chad, you're just doing social media incorrectly. <laughs> like you are looking for the bad stuff." Because often the way you approach it, I mean, you you have to remember you're on live and let cry, so there is a bit of therapy yeah. session within this. Yeah. A lot of the times you approach it. You're gonna it, fix me here. Uh no. Um, only Coldplay can do that. Um, the mm-hmm. what I try, what what I tell you all the time is like, 
Well, you're looking at the bad stuff and and your approach a lot is like, well, let me shut it off. Let me just deactivate my Twitter account and all of my social yeah. accounts and all of that stuff. And I'm like, no, Chad, there is good stuff on Twitter. Oh, yeah. You just like, lo- I, my have heart, to look for the bad stuff or my you heart like, is, look at the bad stuff. My heart is very warm so often online. Uh, right. TikTok is mostly the app that warms my heart. I think because sure. it, it's mostly just people being silly on, on my algorithm anyways. Yeah, my algorithm um, has some booties. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how to get out of it. Stop liking them. <laughs> I don't like stop, them. Stop watching them to the end. Oh, uh, well, that may be the problem. Yeah, scroll past. <laughs> All right. Cody, do you really think that like less social media is not like a net positive thing for at least people who like us who are on like online quite a bit? So th- this is where it's complicated, right? Because... A, I work in social media. So I I thought, like, you know what? I get no value out of Facebook. My family gets on there, and, um, you know, it's, it's good to see them do stuff, but I also see that on Instagram. It is just a place where I see people I get mad, and I feel the urge to comment, and it just makes me feel bad. So I was like, let me delete Facebook. I can't because it's connected to work stuff. But I have moved that app from my, um, like, main – it's in the app library now. It's it's not like – I have to work to get to it. That's wow. uh, that's a good call mm-hmm. to, like, put the apps like Facebook – because Twitter, I do get on – often twitter and instagram should probably stay in like right. my main page every other social twitter media, instagram tiktok and uh letterbox <laughs> are the social medias that stay letterbox is in position number one on my phone it's like yeah the, yeah same. i go here yeah. yeah um i so to answer your question eli i do think as a should we be on social media less yes but i also think and that's the resolution. Being, it's, being it's not more, cu- cutting it out, it's it's less. Being more mindful of how we use it, right? Because all of us are in like group DMs on Twitter, and I get great joy out of those, or great intellectual challenging for some of them that are the less fun ones. Um, but um, I, I, I think there's high value in it. But I think I have also tried to make an effort to just like. If this, if this is a person who's just being like toxic on the TL, as they say, um, I just timeline. Yes, I just don't want to follow that person as much, and that that's kind of what I tell Chad to do. And I think it's something you have done less. Um, is there were following accounts, things that just make you mad. There were accounts I've straight up blocked, um, right. from like you know your alt right leaders. Sure. Uh, stuff like that where it's like I'm just going to get mad if I read this and mm-hmm. it's not like I'm, I could tweet at this person and uh, let them see things my way and everything will be you know right yeah good. So, I have people like that that I block for my own sake because I will find yeah. myself going like let's see what this person said to make me angry today mm-hmm. and then I yeah, go there and yeah. it's blocked I'm like oh I forgot I'm not doing this I should do a better job about that this year is blocking those people who I do just be like, what did this person who sucks have to say about this? (laughs) I I should reduce that impulse. But yeah, I I just think there's so much good stuff that happens on social media that I get bummed out when Chad leaves for good because I want to tell Chad 
things. It's um, never, I want to tell him it's about. It's never for good. I know I, it's not. I can't avoid social media, but I might just uh, have some finstas out there somewhere, or some some some. That's the finish. way I I would suggest approaching it is uh, is finstas for yourself. So you only follow yeah. the good stuff, and I can send you mm-hmm. uh, Spider Man news. Block out the haters. Block out. It is the year of twenty twenty one. We're blocking out the haters. <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, so okay, so you, so you're trying to be on social media less. Um, Not less, but but just like to more 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 monitor a, my ch- to check my heart along the sure. way. Sure, that makes I'm sense. A more scrolling. diligent approach to yeah. social media, a less like yeah. just I think let it come in. Yeah, the end of last year, I think, kind of started me on this path of like trying to. Mm-hmm. approach social media just like in less of a doom scrolly way and sure. that's just going to continue into this year this needs to be my mm-hmm. first beginning to end happy online all the time year well i'm glad that um you know you're choosing to do less doom scrolling and you're very lucky to live in america um while doing that because if you lived in latveria doom scrolling is all that you would be allowed to do mm-hmm. um Guys, Latveria is where Doom, uh, yeah, <laughs> Victor Von Doom, he's the king of it. Doom scrolling is all they're allowed to do. He's a dictator. So you're, the idea here is that the <laughs> only thing they're allowed to do is look at his Twitter page. Dr. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jack de- deactivated <laughs> all the other accounts there. Yeah. His is the only one up. <laughs> Doom is the only one allowed Do you up. think yeah. when they bring Dr. Doom into the MCU, he will have like a Donald Trump Twitter account? I think that's a really fun idea, actually. <laughs> I'm, I, dude. I don't know how they're introducing Doom. I think it's Black Panther, right? That's what we think. Is that it's in Black Panther oh, too? That's that's what I've heard. I don't Who know. Who knows anything? Eli, what was your like life resolution again? That wasn't movies or your cry. declaration. <laughs> that's all I said. <laughs> cry, cry. That's what it is. Cry. So Eli is going to cry. I'm going to go to libraries, <laughs> and Chad's going to be on social media more. Right. They're I'm or try less, to make or media, better about social media. I'm going to try to make social media not make me cry. This yes, year yes. Is my goal. Yeah. And I'm going to libraries, and I will. I don't know. Maybe I'll try to cry in a library. I'll see if I can pull that Ooh, off. We should all try to do cryberry. Cryberry. Yeah, guys. When COVID cry-berry. is oh, cryberry. When COVID slash the shark pandemic is over, since we are on two feeds, one that yeah. acknowledges COVID, one that <laughs> refers to it as a shark pandemic. I must address it as both. Thank you. Let's all go to the library more and cry in them, and not look at social media. Let's accomplish all three at once. Cry um, in a library, and our we left our phone in the car. We're not even like yeah, exactly at it. When I went to the library this week, and I didn't check my phone the entire time I was going to two different libraries, I am in a place where I am allowed to go to the library. Chad is not allowed to right now. He's not really allowed to go anywhere. The The libraries There's were these, relatively um, COVID safe. Um, and guess what? Libraries, not a lot of people go to them, which is a problem because we need to help them get their funding. And the more circulation you do, the more funding the libraries get, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, not a lot of people in them normally. So you can go and social distance easily in libraries if your library is open. So I highly recommend. I've got a few of those um, tiny libraries up around my neighborhood. You know what I'm talking about? Oh. Like little, little birdhouse shaped yeah. things that people just leave books in. Yeah. Picked I up saw a couple of things. That's good. Do you like, how, how do those work? Do you 
I explain to me how I work. You, I I could work. just walk down with some books I don't need anymore and just like shove them up there. Or if I'm walking by and I see a book I want, I can take one. And that's, oh, okay. That's but the idea it. is that the neighborhood is going to yeah. replenish with new mm-hmm. books. And yeah. That's not a library. So, that is a box. Yeah, that's a a book exchange. So I've picked up some four-year consideration DVDs from the box. I've picked up... uh, (laughs) That's funny. Any, like, new ones or old ones? Uh... American Vandal season two was in there. That's okay. That's, that's well, I remember I picked up, but that's on Netflix anyway. Yeah, it's you kind have of like, Netflix. You just like, wanted it. I just wanted it. And yeah. it said the turd burglar on it. It made me laugh. Yeah, that's that's fun. the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but that's so, that's the only library I can go to. Yeah, we're 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 hoping for a change in 2021. It is really hot in this room. I'm gonna have to. Uh, open the app that I use in order to turn my air down. That's right. I use an app to turn my air down. While I do that, though, Chad, it is time for you to share your tears to money with us. Are you a crier? Are you a John? I I cry. Crier. I do cry. Yeah? What makes you cry? I I get the joke now. (laughs) Movies. Movies Uh make me cry probably more than anything. Um... Let's see. I, I would say movies also make me cry more than anything, but that is just a game of numbers of because I right. just am watching <laughs> most, movies more. Most of my life has been watching movies. So. Movies or TV. Of TV course. can also make me cry. I don't know. There's certain like boiling points in my life where like if something just like hits at the right time of stress, it'll it'll make me cry. Typically sure. movies where like if I'm having a bad day, the bad day is not necessarily going to push me over the edge to cry, but the bad day, and then I go watch Manchester by the Sea, mm-hmm. and then it's just tears. Am I me. am I hearing you right that you did cry at Alexander and the No Good, Very Bad, Ter- or ah, dang it, <laughs> Alexander and the Terrible, No Good, Very Bad Day? The movie, not the book. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I need Steve to watch Car- that movie. The, the Steve, Steve Carell. Carell. Movie. Yeah, I need to watch it. It's a but Disney I, I, made a movie. If like you that. if you do yeah. want to embarrass me with Movies that have made me cry. I'm not I'll, going to. That's not what this show's about. I, I actually you do should want know that. that. Well, well, I'll I'll share with you the. First no, no, I movie... want you to share, but we're not going to embarrass you. We're gonna okay. we're gonna celebrate you. The first movie I remember concretely that I like had a big cry in. Yeah. Uh, was Adam Sandler's Click. I yeah, we've yeah. talked about this before because I've Absolutely watched that movie not. and I get that it's emotional, but also the movie is not good and everybody's like, but th- that's one of the better Adam Sandler ones, and I'm like, okay, it's not very good. <laughs> yeah, but that uh, great job. You said, Chad. You, you said you'd applaud me, and Eli's the only one. I'm I celebrating you. I said I'd celebrate you. I celebrate your right how to stupid cry. It is that that made the movie made you cry. <laughs> so that movie made me cry. Uh, I mean, the movies that have made me cry, cry it's, it's countless. It's, it's sure. so many. Chad and I um, watched a film together in a theater and cried probably more than once, but one like Christopher very Robin poignant one, right? yeah, yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah, Christopher Robin, we both were crying within seconds. I know that I one, was crying within seconds. That one seconds. was more of like a welling throughout. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't remember what moment it was that pushed me over the edge, but there was one. The was, second I saw Pooh Bear is when I started crying. <laughs> Why? And, hey, I like I wh- explain that to me. I that don't is so know. foreign to me. I wish I could. It's I so, as a child 
the things that I watched were Winnie the Pooh. My dad read me all the books. That was something that we would watch. We would watch the TV show all the mm-hmm. time. And it is something that I hadn't like really thought about as being fundamental to my childhood in a long time. Um, but then the minute the music hit and the minute I saw the images, it was like a primal reaction. And my dad texted me because he went with my family to go see it. He texted me not long after talking about how much he loved it for a very similar reason. He was like, I just had this kind of like primal reaction to it. And I remember reading this to you guys as kids and Mm. yeah. For me, it was like, I had forgotten. I, I, you know, I've seen the iconography of Pooh Bear and the characters for years, mm-hmm. but I hadn't like sat down and watched a Pooh Bear thing in, in so long. Right. And when it, it brought you back to what like the storytelling is like and the pacing is like and all the voices and what all the characters, how they interact with each other, it just brought me back to being a kid and watching it. Right. And so that that's why that movie was so powerful to me was mostly nostalgia uh, yeah. for the for the purely nostalgia listeners out there. Right. But it's also a very good movie. We actually say nostalgia. So if you could get, if we could get that clean, if you say it, nostalgia on our podcast. Thank you. Nostalgia. I'll edit that Um, so that you say it correctly. (laughs) Eli, have you seen Winnie the Pooh 2011? I have. And I remember um, you telling me before I saw it that you were crying within seconds of the opening. No, Christopher Robin is when the one I was crying within seconds of. Oh, wait, which one did you... Oh, you said Winnie the Pooh, which is the... okay 2011, no. yeah. I don't think I've seen that one. Um, I've oh, s- it's a masterpiece. I've seen it's the good. other animated ones that were released theatrically. Sure. The Tigger one. The s- okay. There's another and one, And then right? the 70s ones. Yes, the, I've the seen 70- those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the 2011 one is... Um, Unfortunately, the last death knells of Disney animation being 2D, um, but also they opened it against Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two um which is maybe the stupidest <laughs> decision that's ever been made uh but that like movie like it to fail they, there's an argument for that um but it's 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 really good um i think disney's gonna bring back 2d animation i've told you guys that a couple times in ways they're already doing it like, some in tv and yeah. pixar is playing yeah. with it more and stuff yeah but that's not what this show is about it's about crying what's probably the most recent movie that you've cried at chad most recent movie. Um, because have you had the same problem that I've kind of had this year, which is a great time to do this podcast, is mm-hmm. I've been watching a lot of movies at home. I don't have the same reaction yeah. at home as I do in theaters. When I'm in the movie theater, I'm more fully in it. And yeah. like everything else can like melt away and I can just feel the emotions. When I'm at the home, it's harder. for I can still get there, but it's harder. So yeah, yeah 2020 wasn't really a year where I cried much in the movies. Because I haven't been able to go to the the theater, but I'll say probably the most intensely I've cried was in a movie theater mm-hmm. um, for uh, Marriage Story when that came out. I, I didn't oh, watch sure. it on Netflix, but it, it showed in a theater here. And uh, oh my, is that movie effective in well. making one cry? <laughs> That's good to you up for the movie that we're going to talk about. Um, yeah. So those kind of things, as a child of divorce, uh, divorce in movies will often make divorce. me cry. Divorce, gotcha. Yeah. I am... Death in real life makes me cry, and divorce in movies makes me cry. Gotcha. I think I am going to cry at WandaVision before it is over. Um, that is my I, prediction I see... for 2021. <laughs> I, I just have a happen. feeling. 
I the I've watched it twice already, and the fact that there's been no Marvel thing in two years, I feel the nerd self coming out. I didn't cry at Spider-Man: Far From Home. There was no reason to, but I cried a ton in Endgame. WandaVision, I just have a feeling it's not gonna go well, and it's gonna upset me. Like the show's gonna rule, but I'm gonna emotionally be affected. And totally. marriage stuff. After being married, married uh, really hits different, as the kids say. Um, Up was a movie that I had not watched mm-hmm. in a while and watched recently, and for the first time watching it after being married, and like could not breathe at points during it. I still think the movie mostly is fine, but the marriage stuff throughout i thought it was just at the beginning but it really is throughout no that when he stuff opens up like that a, book toward the end of that mm, movie that's just as powerful mm. um so marriage story though yeah. like the movie we're talking about today kramer versus kramer is about one of my biggest fears which is divorce um <laughs> so, so this is a horror movie for you it is a horror movie i yeah. also am a child of divorce um kind of a child of divorce more in this not to compare traumas because i don't want (laughs) to do that necessarily but right i am more a child of divorce in this kramer versus kramer way than i Mm -hmm. would say you are chad you are a divorce in the squid of squid in the whale way squid in the whale way or uh four christmases way um Mm. those are the movies that like relate more directly to my experiences yeah and our house is just three christmases right because my wife's parents are still together but lucky (laughs) (laughs) so how does divorce normally um affect you in movies eli do you have any kind of reaction to it um i would say that it is something that does not have a huge effect on me i'm not a child of divorce um so i feel i i I mean i feel like i understand the emotions that go into it as much as an outsider can, but like, it's not something that is super effective in the way um, that other things are for me. And this movie does a great job of depicting like walking a young child who's too young to understand what's going on uh, through it, which like, that was my little brother at the time of my parents getting divorced. I was much older than the kid in Kramer versus Kramer is. Um, Right. So I don't know. Yeah, this, this this movie doesn't necessarily or it doesn't in any way at all like reflect what my experience was like. Mm-hmm. But there's still just like a family being broken apart and the how that affects every person. That's all present. Um, yeah. But it's mostly just like a sweet like uh, depiction of like a father's love for his kid, which is what I found the most touching about this movie and the most moving to tears. Yeah, I think. I, I, so one thing that I do kind of give this movie credit on hesitantly is like there are times where they make Meryl Streep really feel like the villain, mm-hmm. um, which I, as a movie watcher, was trying to be like, you know, is that really fair? Um, but then <laughs> on a personal level, I was like, yeah, seems accurate. Um <laughs> So I was trying to kind of, you know, circle those squares. But I think the movie does a pretty good job for when it was made, et cetera, of making both of them 
feel a little complex and messy and not fully in the right. It does by the end of the movie. Uh, Yes. I did not really know what to expect. You mentioned Marriage Story. Really, the only frame of reference I had for this movie was when Marriage Story came out. Everyone talking about, like, it's kind of like Kramer versus Kramer. And so I was expecting it to be more like that, where it's kind of, like, equally focusing on both sides. And then what yeah, it's not 10 that. minutes into the movie she's gone and i was like well i'm sure she comes back because she's meryl streep but like still it right. is mostly about the dad but you're right by the end it, it is i think it treats her right. very fairly i would i didn't feel that way at the beginning though it's yeah, his it's his story for sure like he's the protagonist and then i guess she would have to be then Maybe she's not the antagonist, but she's definitely like the the obstacle. I mean, she uh, is she the up. antagonist. This yeah. is where, as but, like mm-hmm. English classes taught us forever, antagonist meant bad guy. It doesn't always. It mean it just means right. the opposite force. Right. She it's, is the antagonist yeah. in this movie, but like, but she's he, not I mean, the villain. Uh, Dustin Hoffman's character, I think. This is like before she shows back up when he's explaining things to his kid. He's like taking responsibility for like why she left. And you understand that their marriage wasn't good from the opening scene when like she's trying to tell him she's leaving him and he's not even hearing her. Like he's that that was their dynamic was like him being way too absorbed in everything but his family. Yeah. So like you definitely get the sense that he was not the perfect guy, but he kind of learned to be over the last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think this movie is really good. I think, you know, when you have a kid performance at the center that feels a bit more natural and genuine, that always Mm -hmm. helps. Kids in movies can be really bad. Uh, Extremely loud and incredibly close is one example that comes to mind. Um, Calling out the child. Yeah, it's fine. He's, he's, I mean, that was... He's in his 20s now. Yeah, that was nine (laughs) years ago. He's an adult. Um but then, you know, other kid performances can, like, have huge impacts, like your Henry Thomas's in E.T. And I think this mm. kid is a good kid actor, and I think that really helps it. Um, I think I, it, you know, it, it's hard to kind of ignore the Marriage Story comparisons because that just came out, and we all like that movie quite a bit. I think I prefer Marriage Story because it does the balance better. But Marriage Story is also about their relationship more. And this one Mm -hmm. is definitely about um, Hoffman and the kid. Yeah, this is a father-son movie. And that's like an ex-wife, ex-husband movie. Right. I almost feel like this movie has more in common with The Pursuit of Happiness than Marriage Story. I don't disagree about that. That that was kind of an interesting theme to realize that we've watched two right. like dads trying to do right by their kids, drag them into work type job or uh, type movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what, yeah, what else, what else do you like about this movie outside of the like emotional things, Chad? Outside of the emotion. I mean, it's all emotional things. I don't know how to answer mm-hmm. that question. I don't know. I, c- I could talk about like some of the like highlights, I guess of the movie. Yeah. Highlights. Me. Maybe that's what I was looking um, for more. I, I guess if, the, the 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 big moments for me are like one when the kids hurt and he's like rushing them off and I'm uh, yeah. that that was like a big like hyperventilating like that that's when the tears started going for me was one are we getting into that yet I no. I, I might have jumped the gun no yeah. <laughs> do not jump let's, over this gun that I have laid out in the room in front of us <laughs> yikes uh it's a pop gun like it's not a oh, okay. that dangerous. you're not gonna like yeah. actually shoot me 
But no, him, him getting the the job that like mm-hmm. was technically a demotion, but this the, the absolute joy of that scene. Um, yeah, uh, all, all all these like little moments just add up to just a really special movie. I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, let, let's talk about let's talk about um, larger cultural context of this movie if you guys want to. Sure. If that sounds fun. Sure. Before we hop back into the crying. Just because, you know, this isn't Best Pictures, but I do get interested in Oscar stuff. Um, This movie won a ton of Oscars. Um, Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep both got Oscars for it. It was also not either one of their first Oscars, which is insane. Um, That's wild. They're both so young in this. I know. (laughs) Did he Um, win for The Graduate? previously yeah i can double check but um it's meryl gotta be it. meryl <laughs> was has mr mcgorian's wonder porn <laughs> yeah they oh, gave him right, a future right. oscar right yeah um, i think it was a uh, little fockers actually yeah, the uh, yeah. Th- threequel to meet the parents Ooh, i was mistaken he had been nominated three times before for graduate midnight cowboy lenny this is his first win okay. um he gets nominated again for tootsie wag the dog and then wins again for rain man i gotta it, watch tootsie i haven't seen that oh tootsie's good um meryl streep um had one before she had one for um the deer hunter um this is her second uh, supporting actress uh, win because um, she does get a supporting actress win here. Um, no, I was wrong again. She was nominated for Deer Hunter. Okay. Um, so was this her first win as well then? Th- this is her first win as well. Meryl wow. only has three Oscars. We make it sound like she's like I think she just so nominated. Many. She, she has been nominated, nominated so many times, and that is true. But she's only mm-hmm. won three times: Kramer vs. Kramer, Sophie's Choice, and The Iron Lady. Um, but like Viola Davis has like two Oscars, so it's not like the three is anyway. Um, <laughs> so it also won Best Picture. But what's interesting is Chad, I guess, picked a bad movie because oh. it is not on the AFI Top 100, which is something that I thought that it would be. It just seemed like one of the movies that would be. Um, it is also the only Best Picture winner from the 1970s to not be on the National Film Registry. Why? That's wild. Hmm. Yeah, why? Why? <laughs> What do people have against this movie? I don't know. That's what I was trying to figure out because I had always thought of this movie as like one of the important movies. Yeah, it's you like have a cla- it, it it feels like a classic to me. Maybe it's just because it's so domestic, but also Shrek is on the National Film Registry. So how does that make you feel, Chad? That this movie is worse than Shrek in our play? <laughs> I mean, just look at the numbers. It's worse <laughs> just, than Shrek. Just look at the fact Shrek is better. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at the Academy Awards at one Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Screenplay. Yeah. Uh, that's insane that that movie isn't on the National Film Registry. To be fair, Shrek or... won all those two, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it, Shrek it was is the, equal the, in the, those. the first Best Animated Feature winner. Yeah. So. Which is so annoying. It but is. A, it did make history in that way. I it guess. did make history, yeah. yes. Not that I think Shrek is not deserving. I just think, like, could we not have had that during the entire Disney renaissance in the 90s? Very frustrating. The Lion King doesn't have a best animated feature. Um, anyway. <laughs> no, that, that makes me angry, though. This movie is important. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, it was not like a, haha, I got Chad thing. It just was like... Because, you know, on Letterboxd, I have a list of National Film Registry and AFI. I was like, okay, I can hop this on there. 
and I couldn't. Um, it's it's really weird. Twenty five movies every year get added to the National Film Registry, um, and things like a a family's video of them going to Disney World is on it, but not this. It's 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 fascinating. The train <laughs> is on it, and this isn't. Uh, that is important. Oh. You have to have the train on it. Like we can't argue that the train shouldn't be on that list. But Kramer versus Kramer is better than the train. I do. Yeah. I mean, it, the train is I, I going so fast. Yeah, the train's pretty good. I don't know. I mean, if look, yes, we like Kramer versus Kramer. But if you were in the uh, audience who saw the train for the first time, I think that'd probably leave more of a mark than Kramer versus Kramer did. But imagine you're the audience seeing the train for the first time. Yeah. And instead of the train, they just play the 1979 film Kramer versus Kramer in its entirety. <laughs> I'd be like, why is everyone just walking? Like, I've seen this. <laughs> They're just walking around through New York. This is boring. <laughs> Walk faster. <laughs> but it's like, oh my, Dustin Hoffman's head is so big. Yeah. And now he's tiny. And the cuts, tiny. I think, would throw them off. I think they'd, they'd I, lose yeah. their mind. Yeah, we hadn't really introduced that type of editing style quite yet. <laughs> well, there was no editing style because it was the train <laughs> audience. Yeah, true. Hey, Chad, you know what else is on the AFI list? Maybe What's this that? is better for Best Pictures. I don't know. I'm going to tell you, though, because I brought it, it up. The let's all go to the lobby is on the national film registry list. Okay, honestly, I'm not even mad about that one. That, no, I'm not either. That's a piece of movie history. That this is why I'll reveal it history. here. This is why I keep pitching that it should be national film registry that we do next for best pictures once we're done. But we're also three years away from being done. So, um, and we got but, other ideas too. Yeah, but that's why I pitched that one because wouldn't you love a whole episode about let's all go to the lobby? It sounds good to me. Hey. I mean, what would we, we would talk about the Geico commercial parody? Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's, 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 it, that's best picture stuff. Yeah. Eli, rein us in. This is live and let cry, right? We need to be talking about crying. What are the cry points in this movie, boys? This is a struggle for me because like I told you guys, I think before we started recording, I think I did the best job with this movie in terms of fully investing myself in the movie, not even having my phone in the same room. Uh, because Chad made me, um, right. and yeah. uh, so I re- I felt really invested in this movie. But as a result, like I was not thinking about cry points as I was watching it. There's sure. not I I honestly cannot like come up with a single no I can okay. Uh, there's a point toward the middle where he's talking to his son in bed, and it's like I think it's after mm-hmm. the ice cream incident where they get mad at each other. Um, and then he comes back in later and they have a really good conversation. That would be one. For sure. Um, is that the, um, did she leave because of me? Yes. Scene? That's that scene, yeah. Yeah, I don't relate to that at all. So that one didn't like make me <laughs> sob. <laughs> also, that Not scene sob, I think but... is in Pursuit of Happiness, essentially. So uh... Essentially. <laughs> I think it is done better here, though, because I did have an emotional No, this is a much better movie than Pursuit of Happiness, to yeah. be clear. But <laughs> it's good um, to hear. No, it is. Um, Eli, I guess we should reveal it now. Did you cry at this movie? Boys, maybe I should change the title of this movie to Crimer versus Crimer. Because, I, I no, I didn't cry. But uh, Oh, but. no! <laughs> I thought was I won. so excited. I no, thought I won I the podcast. I really, really liked this movie. but And I, I felt... Um, 
like a deep emotional connection with the characters at several points not in the sense that it related to my life experience in the ways that it probably did for you guys but like i did i did sort of finish this movie with the thought like if this one didn't do it like i feel like i did such a good job of watching this and movie in a way that would make me cry if this one didn't do it what's gonna do it for me like i felt really sad after it was over for that reason (laughs) and did that sadness make you cry (laughs) no What if it did, though? Would that count? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, I think so, because in a way, the movie made you cry. When I I saw La La Land, I didn't cry in the theaters, and then I got to the car and started thinking about how that movie is about, like, sometimes achieving your dreams means not being with the people you love, and I started sobbing uncontrollably in the car because, like, I didn't want to make that sacrifice, and then uh, now I work in marketing, so... And you shouldn't make that sacrifice, I think. I don't like that movie that much because I think people are more important than... uh, I I don't disagree. I, I, like, I... I disagree with where the movie kind of lands yeah. on that. But I also think maybe that's the one. I need to rewatch it. Maybe that's the point. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Chad, did you cry this time? Yes, I yeah. did. Tears fully down your cheek. Um, I, I, I dabbed them before they got there. But sure, it, that's fine. They, they, were, they were on their way. Yeah, yeah. I had, to, I had to dab the eyes. I, mine didn't fully get down the cheek but it did it did kind of like hit the entrance of my cheek mm-hmm. and i'm going to count that because that is the most i've cried other than hamilton for this entire show and i don't want to continue being a failure at that show for not being the cry guy are we uh-huh. compromising our values by counting this this is a big question it, it didn't go all the way down my cheek because the way i was laying you know it could have been gravity um Maybe maybe it doesn't count. Okay, could have been some sticky tears. Maybe it doesn't count. Maybe it shouldn't count. And maybe you're right about that. Unlike Cody's cheeks, this is is a slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I had tears well up in my eyes. This is the closest I have been to crying during the whole show, other than Hamilton. Um, But it, it is not a true cry, I suppose. Gotcha. What uh? What were your cry points? So definitely that scene of the um, she didn't leave because of you. Mm-hmm. Um, the went, reading the note that um, uh, Meryl had left yeah. for him was a cry moment for me. Whenever Again, he like just turns on the TV, like he doesn't want to hear it. That well performed and just it felt so real. Like it felt yeah. authentic to that emotion of a kid. Like I don't want any part of this. Like yeah, because as a kid, you can kind of see. Th- through things pretty decently and sometimes you get those notes and sometimes you're hearing all the flowery language and in the back of your mind it's like yeah but you're not here still so what is what does even all of this mean yeah because as a kid like your appreciation for that kind of language is not existent so yeah that 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 one hit me um the french toast scene does not make me cry but the echo um, when they do it again later, when they have like mastered the art of it yeah. without speaking before he, before Which the I, kid is supposed to go off with Meryl is great. That was going to be one of mine too. And I think that's the design of it is that the first yeah. one plants the seed so that you will be bawling by the end of the movie. Right. Yeah. And it, I think that so. was, that was the moment that got me the most was them mastering the craft at the end. Yeah. Uh, and then the other big moment, that got me was the one I already blurted out earlier in the episode, the 
when the kid fell and just like you just saw how much he was like scared and it was him holding his head as he was getting the stitches in just yeah. like that depiction of just a dad who was just going to be there by his son's side was just it was just nice I the, the last one I have is Dustin or when when they're doing the court scene right and you mm-hmm. know they're arguing for the kid and um, Meryl you know she's just a great actress and so her crying and trying to explain herself is good oh, yeah. Um, but yeah those are why I cried. Um, any final thoughts on the movie? I think I just want to talk about the ending super quick because it's kind of an odd place to end it. I wasn't crazy about... That's the one thing I'm not crazy about is the ending, honestly. Yeah. I don't disagree. Um, mostly out of like just frustration for Meryl Streep's character where you're going to make this family go through all this... Right. And spend all this money in legal fees. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. <laughs> just to like say, oh no, you should be with the kid. <laughs> right. Well, like, because she doesn't even seem to be trying to have visitation at that point. She seems to be fully giving him up again, which, again, yeah. personal experience, that one stung. Because it's like, I didn't if you're going to interpret gonna... it that way necessarily. You I, don't think I, so? Okay. I saw them switching what their plan was, essentially. Maybe I'm wrong, but. Well, I hope it's that, right? That, that, that That's the mm-hmm. good solution, is yeah. the ma, you know, him stay yeah. with. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, but then Meryl gets to see him. I think I think that's the good solution. Right. But there was the part of me, again, probably personal experience, that read it as the like, okay, so you're just going to leave again. Um, and that sucks. But does that I make think the movie if you're, bad? No. I think if you're taking the scene just like just looking at the scene, you could come to the conclusion that it's going to be like Eli's saying and that she's going to have the visitation but if you think about like the kind of person she is who's like been so unstable in the past year and a half you can kind of arrive at cody's version of it where it's like yeah she's just gonna leave again Um, cody said does that make the movie bad and to be honest like now putting that possibility that that's the way it's interpreted in my head that does make me like the movie less like it's it makes me like the ending less because i'm just like ah well, because it makes her the villain. Yes, like, it very sure. much does make yeah. her the villain. And I, I don't know. I, maybe it's not supposed to be clear what... I, I think it do, could but... be a bit ambiguous. It was the 70s, yeah. right? Like, this was when yeah. we invented ambiguous endings, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. But, um, yeah. Anything else you guys want to touch on for this? I This isn't directly related to this movie, but I just want to ask you guys... what. Am I hopeless? Like, I feel like I did all the things. I, well, and before we like keep going with this, like, I just uh, want to know, like, what, 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 what's going to make me cry? Are there just some kind of people who don't cry? What do you guys think? I, I think there is. And I think that there's nothing wrong with it, right? Like, you are trying to cry. You are not doing the kind of gross hyper masculine thing a lot of times that happens where it's like i'm a guy i'm not gonna cry i'm gonna refuse to cry you're not doing that you're opening yourself up to that you're being honest about your emotions and ultimately that's the most important thing and if literal tears don't come out of your eyes that's fine no but that's not a satisfying conclusion for me because this podcast was me saying i'm jealous of you guys being able to cry seeing winnie the pooh's face (laughs) i want that for me 
Right. So in this movie, I mean, did you get the lumps in the throat? Were you like getting close at moments? And if so, like what were those moments? N- not in this movie. Uh, there have movie. been movies that did yeah. do that, but not in this one. Eli, do you want to talk about the future of our show now? Seeing as this is a good <laughs> segue if into you want it. To. <laughs> so we're taking one more at bat. <laughs> We've got one more at bat. <laughs> one more shot. We're just going to try and make Eli cry with a freaking anime. And if he doesn't cry the freaking <laughs> anime, then we're hanging up our hats. And it's not a failure. I've had lots of fun talking with my good friend Eli. But we realize that with it being the freaking shark uh, COVID-19 pandemic and watching movies at home, the fact that I have barely cried makes the podcast weird. And you know, there can all, it's not fun to watch movies designed to make you cry necessarily. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> I don't know. I you love didn't watch crying the, in movies. Hey, Chad, here's what I'll tell you. You don't watch The Notebook in Pursuit of Happiness <laughs> because I, those were both not, okay movies. I wasn't miserable fine. watching them. See, but. yeah. I just I guess don't want to keep I, watching movies designed to make you cry, and the things that often make me cry are a bit nebulous, which makes a show hard. But yeah. I, we've had a lot of good times, but we are going to try and make Eli cry with one last anime. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, that's fine. But we're going to end the maxi series. It was never meant to last forever. Um, the the yeah. logic being, I think I've said this on the show, I think the piece of media that has brought me the closest to tears was the show Naruto. So right. it's kind of like if anime... Mm. Do- doesn't do it are, are we saying what it is or are we just we, yeah yeah it? we're not changing it and it's, it's on like HBO Max, so the it's sad anime it's like the it's one that makes you cry so right we're watching grave of the fireflies and um if it doesn't freaking make eli cry then i don't know what <laughs> then to i'm do. hopeless <laughs> so what you're saying is if next week doesn't go well and eli next month or sorry next month doesn't go well and eli doesn't cry for the Firefly movie. What is yeah. it called again? Grave of the Fireflies. Grave you the are Fire- also going to watch it, Chad. Yes, yes, I am. For my New Year's resolution. Yep. Um, but if he doesn't cry in that movie next month, then the result of this podcast is uh, Tomorrow Never Cries. Yes, that will be the result. It hmm. also, like, Eli, a I don't long think walk. you should... <laughs> <laughs> Eli, I don't think you should take it upon yourself to as failure. Like, I failed. Like I, the job was for me to make you cry, and if I don't right. succeed, I've I failed. I still feel like the the fa- the very fact that there are certain movies that make me almost cry and some don't means that it's possible. And it so, is possible, but I don't want to keep trying this forever and then keep getting behind a microphone <laughs> and say, "Yeah, it didn't happen again." Right, exactly. I but, predict like the next movie you watch after the podcast is over, you're going to cry. Well, here's the Maybe. thing, right? So so the maxi series will be over with the next episode, but if Eli cries at a movie, he is going to tell me and I will either watch that movie right away if I haven't or you know, we will. We'll, the door is still open for us to do an emergency app of yeah. Eli did cry, and I think not having the pressure of the podcast being a mandatory thing, watching movies specifically for it, and the movie coming to you naturally, the crying may happen, especially yeah. if theaters open again and you go and see a movie that really hits you. I think I kind of think that might be when it happens. Maybe, maybe I we hope will so. see. But that's next month's business um we 
we all liked Kramer versus Kramer, it seems. Um, Chad cried. I, I almost did. cried. Eli did not cry. But let's see what other people thought about it real quick. Let's let's hop over to Letterboxd and see what people said. See if it sparks any discussion. Uh, so Lulu gave it four stars and said, doing a double bill of this, a marriage story tonight, calling it the DCU, Divorce Cinematic Universe. Uh, Good. Pretty funny. We, Good. we kind of already talked about the connections to marriage story we don't have to dive into that too much uh lucy gave it four stars and said it's weird how both of these characters aren't that likable but i felt sympathy for both of them you guys would agree um Uh, yes yeah i'd agree they're both not likable and that you end up having i don't know that you end up having full sympathy for meryl streep actually yeah i I don't think i agree i i think he's (laughs) likable He's not likable in the beginning, I don't think. No, right. That's by the idea. end, you you. I think you have to like him, or the movie didn't oh, work. To yeah, be honest. totally, totally, <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. totally. I uh, apparently Dustin Hoff- Hoffman was a raging jerk on this movie, which is not a huge surprise. Yep. But um, I read about some of that stuff and was like, man, ch- chill out. <laughs> also, a job. While we're uh, on Letterboxd, can we talk about the deceiving cover photo for this movie? Um, oh, it's Chad- it's a it's a photo of Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep almost kissing. Where's that I, even from in the I movie? Don't think it's a scene in the movie. Oh, like, I, I don't it was remember a promo shot or something. I don't remember ever seeing this photo. Like that. This is like oh. Hulk running in Wakanda, and then yeah, War. yeah. <laughs> or was it one of the photos that he puts away? One of the it could be. It that's could be what that. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, one more letterbox review. Brad gave it one star and said, wow, this movie sucks. Couldn't get past the 15 mark because the French toast scene was too horrendous. I imagine it's pretty <laughs> disturbing to watch Dustin freak out for two hours, so I'll take a brain check. Hey, what? So, Shut up, Brad. <laughs> I saw a lot <laughs> of these one scene. star. I saw a lot of these one star reviews freak out about the French toast scene. What is the issue? Why are people freaking out about the French toast scene? Does it just bother you to like watch someone make French toast poorly? Is he doing it bad? Bad, I guess I don't know. No, he's uh, doing he is a, doing it bad. That's he's doing point. a very bad job. Yeah, right. But the idea like, is that he's overwhelmed and he's in over his head. <laughs> I don't know, man. It. I, I think I it's just probably saw that like reaction a lot. Why are they spending so much time on this? Like, because it is a long scene. It's kind of uh, weird. Oh yeah. But that's yeah. a bad reaction. To, to me, it works in the same way that the scene in War of the Worlds where Tom Cruise is trying to make peanut butter sandwiches and act like everything is normal. Oh, gosh. Uh, War of the Worlds. Scenes, what a good movie. The movie's not good, but that scene is No, incredible. Chad, you're wrong. The movie is good. It is a really good first half of a movie, and then it loses steam and becomes Yeah, I don't care. Plotless. It's good. I love the first half of the movie. But Spielberg, yeah. Tom Cruise, love it. All, all these things, yeah. Minority good, Report. Good. Like, I don't know. I, I like that era of Spielberg more than I think a lot of people do. His weird, like, paranoia post-9-11 movies. Right. I really like. I just Anyways, think it doesn't sorry. stick the, the landing. But the stressed-out dad trying to act normal when nothing feels normal and the entire world is upside down. I love yeah. those scenes. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, good. Another so, yeah. movie with a good kid performance. Dakota Fanning is really good, is good in that movie. Yeah. Um, okay. So Kramer versus Kramer. We're closing the book on the court case. Um, meet. <laughs> we're adjourning the film. Maybe that's what I should have done. I don't know. Why is and it Kramer versus Kramer, I not get... Kramer v. Kramer? 
I don't you know. Think about a, that. That is a because good question. It is about a court case, but we get Batman v Superman, which is about people fighting. Yeah. And I been... thought this was gonna be a courtroom movie, though. It's like the courtroom yeah, scene is really maybe not. ten minutes of the movie. Right. Yeah. It's it's weirdly like, I feel like you don't know what the movie is until you watch it because you look at this letterboxed cover photo and you think oh is it a romance sure and is Meryl Streep like the second lead in this movie or like a battle of the sexes um, movie because it's Kramer versus it's not really yeah. Kramer versus Kramer for most of the movie no it's, it's like no. Kramer's Kramer and son well well but it is because he's his own worst enemy but that's not really what it's <laughs> the title's implying uh, I don't be. know. He's he's getting in his own way of being a good dad, and he's got to overcome himself yeah, to be there for his. I kid. don't know about all that. I feel like the last little bit where it's like them in court, um, like trying to decide, like, is it worth destroying each other's lives to have our kid? Is what like Marriage Story was like. What if that was kind of what the whole movie was like? And right. that's why yeah. I prefer Marriage Story as well. I think I like them both a lot, but yeah. They're both not, good. not that you have to like pick one of these over the other. Oh no, that's, you do. That's the rules. Like, that that is one of <laughs> the n- things being passed into law. Uh, to to me, they're just two right different. Away. Like I think that, like one is just about paternal love, and one is about like a failed marriage. I agree. I mean, they're and both about failed marriages, but like they just feel too too different to me. Yeah, I don't know why everyone said. Uh, marriage story was so similar to Kramer versus Kramer because it's not. It's similar it, to one scene of Kramer versus Kramer. I think. Right, right, right. I think people may be dumb. That, yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, Brad. divorce? Remember that other <laughs> divorce movie? <laughs> but people like to look at things like, yeah, yeah, simplistically, which, you know. I, I want to punch Brad well. in the face. Yeah, Brad sucks. I, I, I purposely, his review was so bad that I didn't put his last name, even though it was on Letterboxd. I was like, I shouldn't do this. What if he is the biggest fan of this show? There's just absolutely <laughs> no way. <laughs> I do not feel like we are compatible uh, film fans based on I should look at his other reviews. I'll dive into that later. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. Um. Well, he did just give "There Will Be Blood" five stars and mm. "Goodfellas" four and a half stars. Uh, it's wait, it says here he watched the... Carol for his favorite podcast, "Live and Let Cry." <laughs> wow! Wow! He basically has only been watching. Oh gosh, this is depressing. Has basically only been watching PTA and Scorsese movies for the past hey, month. Hey, hey, nothing wrong with that, Bell. <laughs> Um, Cody, you didn't read his whole review. Anderson. It says at the end of his review, I watched Kramer vs. Kramer for Live and Let Cry. I can't wait to listen to the episode. I love these two nice boys. <laughs> I hope they hated this movie as much as I did. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm going to see what his lowest rated movie is. Well, Kramer vs. Kramer is one of two movies he's given one star to. <laughs> What's, What's the other, the other one? one? A uh, movie called Sleepwalk from 1986. I don't know it. Um, yeah, there's not a lot interesting here. Um, he did give Joker two and a half stars. So, like, you know, I don't disagree. Oh, okay, he gave Empire Strikes Back three stars. We are moving on. <laughs> his, um, his review of Joker was not we not not <laughs> twisted enough. In Empire Strikes Back, Yoda like really messes up um, Luke's meal that he's trying to cook on Dagobah. Mm, Maybe right, he's just like a probably. cook. Maybe he's just like a, a chef 
who gets really bothered when people do a bad job cooking. Brad, talk to us, buddy. His complaint about Empire Strikes Back is that it has lost all the storytelling that was in the original. So he's so, a Last Jedi hater of yeah, that time. Yeah, probably, probably. I don't know that he's even seen it because he didn't like Empire Strikes Back so bad. No, but he's that equivalent for... This is a stranger on the internet. I, f- I feel a little <laughs> bad about what I'm doing. This I'll whole be episode is about Brad now. Uh, well, that's... Once, once we wrap uh, Live and Let Cry, then the next podcast will be just... <laughs> digging into brad's letterbox mm-hmm. yeah well hey brad gave spider-man into the spider-verse five stars so look you can agree with people there's always common grounds so. i don't know why we're expecting yeah. him to disagree with us about every movie this is a time for unity and for peace <laughs> right 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 time for unity time for peace um okay so he's also seen like 20 movies weak sauce up your letterbox bro <laughs> That was meant to suck. What I said was meant to suck. Am, am I allowed to like look. plug my stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wrap it up. Do yeah, do that. Whatever. I mean, your plugs, whatever. Go. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterbox at Chad A. Oliver. You can also follow my podcast I do with Cody, uh, the Best Pictures Podcast at uh, We Pick Picks. Mm-hmm. That's W P I C K P S E S. Yeah. Cody, you have another. Uh, Podcast. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have we. Uh, I have best pictures. Listen to it. It's on the same feed. Chad already plugged it. I have news to tell you guys once this is wrapped up. Um, uh, Eli, you're next. I think I Eli. Guess. Where where can people find you? Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Elisha P. Smith. Uh, same on Letterboxd. You can listen to my podcast, Purely Nostalgia. We're about to cover um, We Can Be Heroes. Uh, I think you've already covered it by the time this comes. Oh, out. really? Wow. So, Yeah, I guess you're right. Wow, we just did. Go listen to that. <laughs> it might be a bad episode. We haven't done it yet. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Remember that uh, next month is our last episode for now. We are not closing the door, but we will be talking about Grave of the Fireflies, which you can watch on Hulu if you want to watch along with us. We will see if it finally gets Eli to cry. It. I don't know, man. I think like just putting the pressure of it being the last one is going to be enough to, like, maybe mess with your head so you don't but we'll see we'll see i've wanted to watch this movie since we started this like i was gonna watch it like yeah. the, and then i was like i feel like we're gonna cover that on the show eventually. yeah, yeah so yeah. i'm very excited to watch it me too me too um thanks everybody for listening and until next time we urge you to live and let cry